0: on Jesus, who he is, and why he came. And this week, we're looking at Jesus' mission and his purpose for coming to earth. And we kind of touched on this last week when we talked about his work. Uh, Jesus came to make all things new, to restore, redeem everything that was lost at the fall. And his work while he was on earth, his miracles and healings, gave us a picture of Uh, kind of a foretaste of what that will look like when Jesus finally makes all things new and everything is recreated. Jesus came to give life, and he was on mission in the world. And as individuals and as a church, he calls us to be on mission in in the world as well, to continue the work that he began. So this morning we're going to look at three essentials uh, that we can learn as we look at Jesus' life about how to fulfill the mission that Jesus has given each of us and given us as a church. As you're reading the Gospels during Lent, which I hope that you're doing, or uh, as you're reading this book, The Story of Jesus that we're using in our small groups, you'll see that Jesus was very clear about his mission. Uh, He came right out and said it a number of times, uh, this is why I came, and the Gospel writers wrote those statements down for us. We're going to look at just four of those. Um, first one's from John ten ten, where Jesus says, The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give life in all of its fullness. And then the next one in Matthew twenty twenty eight, I, the Son of Man, came here not to be served, but to serve others and to give my life as a ransom. For many. And then the one from John six twenty-seven. You shouldn't be so concerned about perishable things like food. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life that I, the Son of Man, can give you. For God the Father has sent me for that very purpose. And then the last one from Luke nineteen ten. And I, the Son of Man, came to seek out and save the lost. Jesus came to seek and save the lost. He knew um, what God had sent him to do, and that was the focus of his life. That's what he gave himself to, and he came to fulfill the work that God gave him. And if we're going to fulfill the work that God gives us, we need to look at his life and, and follow in his steps. And the first thing, then, that we need to, to do is to know what God has created you to be, and called you to do. And this is true for us as individuals, it's true for us as a church. Jesus has a purpose for every life. Each of you are gifted and created and uh, uh, designed uniquely to participate in God's kingdom work in unique ways. Uh, we find this in Ephesians 2:10 that every person's created uh, for good works. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So God's got this uh, special thing that he has made and created you for, and he created you for it and designed you for it in advance. And God calls us to use our gifts, uh, things that we're passionate about, uh, past experiences that we have, skills that we've developed to accomplish his purposes by joining others in the church that God has created so that the church can fulfill its mission. Each individual uh, has a purpose, and Jesus draws you to a church on purpose to accomplish that, the mission of that church. And so the second thing, then, we we need to recognize how much People matter to God, and look for opportunities to invest in them. This uh, past week, in our readings for our small groups, we read several parables that related to this. Um, they come from Luke 15. So, if you want, if you have your Bible and you want to turn with me uh, to Luke 15, I'm going to start right at the beginning. It says now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, "This man welcomes sinners and eats with them." Jesus came to give life to everybody, and uh, consequently, he spent a great deal of time with a certain class of people—a group called outcast people. The religious leaders thought were outside of excluded from life and the kingdom of god and jesus ate and drank with prostitutes with tax collectors with uh, as they described here uh, notorious sinners uh, these were sinners of note apparently and jesus mission was to seek and save this very kind of person uh, to seek and save lost people and that bugged the pharisees they they didn't get it because in their eyes uh, Jesus was letting people into the kingdom who weren't really fit for it. And these people that Jesus was associating uh, with were ordinary, everyday, um, lower, some of them lower class people who uh, had to work hard for their living. And they were in a continual state of uncleanliness according to the Jewish laws. These people were just trying to survive, and they didn't have the luxury of being able to keep uh, all of the rules. And Jesus went where the outsiders were, and he invested his time in them, got to know them, met the needs in their life. But the Pharisees didn't think that was appropriate. They thought it was, in, he was investing in and associating with the wrong kinds of people. And so they wanted to stop him. And they put pressure on him, they did whatever they could, but instead of uh, yielding to them, Jesus tells them a story, and we we'll read the rest of that in Luke uh, fifteen starting in verse three. Then Jesus told them this parable: Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them, doesn't he leave the ninety nine in the open country and go after the lost sheep until If you have a hundred sheep and one of them has wandered away, wouldn't you leave the others and go looking for the lost one? Uh, That's the story Jesus talks. That's the question he asks. And um, we don't really have to wonder why Jesus chose sheep in this illustration because uh, sheep aren't really known for their smarts. Uh, They wander off and they can't find their way home. Uh, Sheep give us the perfect metaphor or picture of spiritual seekers. uh, When they get lost, they need someone to come looking for them. Um, Forrest and I at our home in Concord, before I went into ministry, uh, there was a cat that showed up, uh, and she was pregnant, quite pregnant. And she made a little nest, or whatever they do, uh, in the barn. And she had her kittens, and she raised them. And the day they were weaned, she took off. And we didn't see her. <laughs> and then she came back several months later, same situation. <laughs> and she kept doing this over and over, you know. And um, cats and dogs have this homing instinct, and they can find their way back home from hundreds of miles. You've seen uh, Homeward Bound, right? I mean, we know that's true. But anyway, uh, it's not just a movie. But dogs and cats do, they have the ability to find their way home. But Jesus chose sheep for this parable because they can't do that. Uh, they get very disoriented when they're lost. And even when the shepherd goes and finds them, uh, they, they can't just lead them back. They've got to put them on their shoulders. You've seen the pictures, and carry them home. Sheep wander away, and they don't know how they ended up there. You know, They just a little go from one little patch of grass to the next, and then they wake up and, you know, where am I? And, and that's how it is in life often. And, and Jesus was saying, look, these people have lost their way, circumstances, bad choices, broken world makes broken people. And I came to seek and save lost people. And, and um, that was only part of the message, though, of the parable. Uh, Jesus tells these three stories right in a row. And every one of the stories is a story about something that's been lost and then found and the rejoicing that takes place in heaven when it's found and what jesus was doing in these stories he was addressing the attitude of the pharisees and he's saying uh look you don't understand that the very thing that you're steaming about the very thing that you want me to stop doing the very thing that you find so distasteful and unfitting is the very thing that's causing a party in heaven. And when you set your heart against that thing, you're setting your heart against the very thing that brings God great joy. Because people matter so much to God, Jesus went where they were, he ate with them, he invested his time in them and his life in them, and eventually uh, gave his life for them. Uh, a pastor friend of mine was telling me about how he had. Um, laid down with his three-year-old daughter on his uh, chest, trying to get her to uh, take a nap. And and uh, she laid down there, and then she sat right up, and she said, what's that sound? And uh, he said, what sound? I don't hear anything. And she put her head back down on her his chest and said, that sound. And so he realized that she was talking about his heart. And so he tried as best he could to explain what a heart is to a three-year-old and, and uh, what was going on inside there. And then he got thinking about, I wonder if we could hear God's heartbeat, what we would hear, and what does God's heartbeat sound like? And he said, I, I thought of Second Peter 3, 9, that none should perish, that none should perish, that none should perish that none should perish. That's the heart of God. Jesus showed us God's heart on the cross. He died that none should perish. And he came that we who believe in him should not perish but have life. That was Jesus' mission. That has to be our mission as well, to recognize the value of each person, to invest in them, to make that connection with them, And um, to seek them out and connect with them. And this is our memory verse for this week from 2 Peter 3, 9. So let's read it together. (laughs) 2 Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish. But everyone to come to repentance, second Peter three nine God loves people, people matter to God, so we need to invest ourselves in people who don't know him, but we also need to pray for opportunities to invite them into life in Christ and to be in mission with us in the world uh, so that's the third thing thing invite those you invest in to follow Jesus and join you on mission in the world. Investing in people is only part of our our mission. Jesus invested in people. But then he invited them to follow him, to be a part of what he was doing in the world. And over and over in the Gospels, we see Jesus extending this invitation, come follow me, come follow me, come follow me. And as you invest in people's life, at some point, God is going to open the door, that opportunity to invite them uh, into a newer and deeper relationship with God, to to take that next step closer to God. And as you invest in people, pray for that kind of opportunity. Watch for those uh, openings that God gives you to invite somebody to be a part of the uh, children's program that we're starting or to come to the chili cook-off or, uh, these kinds of things are doorways that God can use to help people move closer to Him um, just out of curiosity, does anybody remember our mission statement? I'm really hoping that everybody's scrambling, they know it's on the back of their bulletin there you go Okay, we gotta work all right, who can read it then? <laughs> Let's read it together. To ignite God's love in our lives as we reach out to the world. Yeah. That's a wonderful mission. To ignite God's love in our lives. To, to seek those things, to do those things, put ourselves in those places that ignites God's love in our hearts and in our lives so that we are passionate about reaching out to a world that needs to know Jesus, reaching out to a world that has uh, needs, physical and emotional, spiritual needs. And we're uh, living out our mission in a very focused way right now. And one of our goals this year is to start that children's ministry and get that off of the ground so that we can have an impact on some children's lives. Um... I remember a a friend of ours telling us a story of when she was a small child, and she heard uh, her mother and her father fighting in the other room, Uh, and they were talking about divorce, and they began to argue about which one of them would get stuck with her. And... and, that a friend had invited her to Sunday school the week before that. And she said that she prayed, God, I, I don't know if you're real, but if you're real, can you be my daddy? And uh, I just think what we're doing right now is so important. Um, if you know kids, <laughs> uh, you should be inviting them. And, you know, kids come from good families, kids from come from hurting families, but every child needs that foundation for their lives. And and what we're doing right now is of the utmost importance. Um, the statistics show that if a child does not enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ, by the time they're 18, uh, 80% of people have uh, done that by the time they're 18. So the the statistics show that uh, the chances of somebody coming into a relationship with Christ diminishes as we get older. And, and, and besides that is the foundation that this gives kids uh, to know that they're loved by God, that there's somebody that will always love them, that will always be there with them. And I, I don't know how to tell you any other way, but that, that this is just such an important ministry and we need to give everything that we have to it and i would invite you to uh, be a part of the outreach uh... this that's coming up here in easter and if you want to just look at the back of your um, bulletin there i think i've also got some things on the connection card that we need to look at but. let's start with the bulletin um, I want to give you a a way to be on mission with Christ this week. And that is to talk to three friends who have young children and ask them the three questions that I've listed there. Um, We want to try to understand what are some of the things that keep young families from coming into a church, being part of a church. Uh, So this survey will help us to do that. So the questions are, if you attend church, what was the deciding factor in choosing the church that you attend? So you can talk to people who do attend or don't attend, but if they do, okay, what is it that you like about your church? Why did you choose that church? And then if they don't attend church, okay, what's the greatest barrier for you to attend church? Maybe they work and they can't be here on Sunday or uh, maybe they think it's boring or, you know, and, and be careful that you're not selective in reporting. Maybe you think uh, people should wear a suit and tie to church and they, they say, you know, well, I I don't have the right clothing, you know, uh, all I've got is blue jeans. Uh, write that down. Don't be selective about what you're reporting. All right. And then the third thing is to list three families with children that you're going to begin to pray for and then watch for those opportunities to invite them to their, our Easter outreach uh, event. That's an Easter egg hunt and uh, brunch on Sunday. Then if you'll pull out your connection card, um, there's uh, ways to respond there. The first is to memorize the verse from 2 Peter 3.9. The second says, I'm praying for one or more families and asking God for an opportunity to invite them to church. So you're doing number three on this list. And then I'm going to be on mission this week asking the survey questions to at least one person. It would help us um, if you uh, were to survey more than one, of course. And then if you can turn those in, we're going to create kind of a graph and with some of the answers so that we can get a picture of how we can help people and be more uh, inviting to people. All right, would you pray with me? Lord God, I I thank you for this church and the people in it who love you so much and serve you so well. And God, our heart really is beating with your heart when it comes to um, caring for children and reaching people who don't yet have a relationship with you. And so I pray that you'll make us effective in this and that you'll open our eyes to see the things that we can do that will help us to reach Uh, families, to reach people, uh, to make your love known and your kingdom visible. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.